With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is ACAST Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything Is Black and White Podcast. It's time for a special podcast. Joined by John Gibson ahead of the next episode of Gibbo's Corner. But what we're going to do is we're going to have five minutes with John who, like the rest of us, has sat in the cold, the, the rain and the <laughs> wet up at Jim's Park many times this season. And he's just going to give us his insight, his view, his opinion on where Newcastle lie um, at the moment. And obviously the arguably surprise job that Steve Bruce has, has done so far at Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's amazing what back-to-back wins do. You suddenly, you suddenly get two wins, six points from two games. You're crawling almost to mid-table and the world's a wonderful place to live in. Um, and it has changed significantly. Uh because we're cautious Geordies uh, and we've been brought up that way, history has made us cautious. We're always looking for what else is, is to come and we'll not get too carried away because as quickly as you can shoot up the table, you can drop back down with a couple of defeats. Um, but there's good games coming for Newcastle to build on what they've got now. Um, if you take Manchester City out, which is the next home game, they might be a little bit anxious to, to grab a hold of Liverpool's coattails again. You look at Aston Villa away beneath us. You look at Sheffield United, team of the season, but they're not blown away clubs uh, at all with the results. And Southampton up here, which... Uh, or to be a gimme three points if there's such a thing for Newcastle. So they've got a chance to consolidate the the, the space they've got between themselves and, and the bottom three, which is what I'm certainly looking at. You know, all talk of Europe and all that, let's please forget all that. Let's concentrate and be realistic about what we are. And we want to keep as far away from the relegation trapdoor as we can. Thank you very much. When Steve Bruce arrived, you know you know him very well. You were mm. that's it's very critical too harsh word. You were critical. Yeah, I was critical of the appointment. I thought it wasn't good for him and it wasn't good for Newcastle United because following Rafa, 
was always going to be hard, but the fans weren't with the Bruce appointment whatsoever. And yet, this week, you, like many people, you've kind of... Well, you've got to give the man credit yeah, for what, what he's done. Say, yeah. There's no question about that. I mean, we're not bitter. We don't want Newcastle to fail and Steve Bruce to fail. What's the point of that? We're fans. We might want Ashley out, which is a totally different thing, but the problem for Newcastle fans isn't Bruce. The problem's Ashley. Um, whether Steve, as I've said, with a little bit of caution, is the right man for the job and is going to set us off into blue waters, we're still going to find out. But he's made a decent fist of it so far, it's got to be said. Um, I think the one thing we do need, Andrew, is that we need the forwards to start scoring. Because at the moment, defenders seven, attackers one in Newcastle's goal scoring list. Seven defenders, seven goals from defenders, one goal from attackers. And of course, defenders are going to stop scoring, and that's when we need the attackers to start. We'll get on to that goal drought in just a moment. But just on Bruce and the credit he deserves, mm. is there anything that particularly stands out for you where you go, right, this is you know the main bit of credit I'm going to give him? Um, I think it's it's having a thick skin and a great desire for this club. Uh, he turned it round. He gambled when we went to Leicester with, with playing a flat-back four. I know that circumstances with the guy sent off didn't work for Newcastle, but they were really uh, taken to the cleaners that day. And I think that was a wake-up call to him and to the players. And they've gone back to five at the back, which is by far the best way with the current squad of Newcastle playing and setting up uh, and that has stood them in good side and I think the big plus from for Steve Bruce is that regardless of what critics have said regardless of what's happening or not happening on the terraces the players are playing for them and that is very obvious when you watch the team and is very important for teams down at the bottom that they are playing for the manager. And Newcastle United players are playing for Steve Bruce. Well, we saw that against Bournemouth on Saturday, 1-0 down. At that point, it's a very delicate position. Then Lascelles goes off injured. And then yeah. you've got this amazing show of character, this amazing show of desire. Yedlin gets the equaliser. Yeah. And then obviously, second off comes along. And it, it, it is a great show of, like we say, character and, and encouraging, and just to get that win when your back's against the wall, when the, sure. the stadium's not fully full, when you know maybe the fans who have turned up are on a knife edge. Yeah, you know, and and uh, until now have been quiet. You know, the stadium has had about ten thousand, up to ten thousand people missing, and it's been very quiet because the crowd are, are worried. We'd only scored what three goals, four goals at home before this result came along. I mean, I've got to temper any hurrah, hurrah, and Geordie, let's, you know, do a lap of honour because there's an awful long way to go. And uh, Aston Villa flew away at one time and now they're living beneath us, thank goodness. And, Norwich. And, and Norwich is exactly the same who hammered us and are finding life absolutely impossible. Um, so we've... It's no good saying Steve Bruce has got the job done, Newcastle. Ever. No, it's not like that whatsoever. Um, and if we, heaven forbid, got a bad result at Aston Villa and then lost to Man City, we'd be all doom and gloom mm. again. And that's the next two games. So we've got to keep a sense of proportion. But we're, we're not dismayed by what has happened at the beginning of the season. We're pleasantly surprised. I mean, the, t the table's so tight. 
on to Alan St. Maxman. Yes. Yeah. Injured at the start of the season. Again, a few yeah. questions were raised. Is he is he just a showman? Can he cut it in the Premier League? I don't know about you, John, but the last few weeks suggest he can very well, well cut it in the top flight. Yes, with one reservation. Um, he's very exciting. That's the first thing. Um, and that's wonderful because Newcastle fans have always loved exciting players. And he is really, really exciting. He is full of confidence which you can see in the body language when you look at him and you look at Almirin, the difference in a confidence point of view. And he's got blistering pace. I still want to see something in the final third. And I'm not just talking about finishing and scoring goals. For example, the one he hit the ball, he shouldn't have blasted so hard, he could have picked his spot. He, he just blasted it. But also his final ball. He's got to look, get his head up, steady his excitement, his legs are going all over the place, his heart and adrenaline's going all over the place, as is ours. And sometimes in the final third, he finishes either with a shot or his final ball, like that excitement. He's got to get cold water in his veins. So there is room for improvement there, and we want considerable improvement there. But that's nitpicking. He is at the moment very exciting, gets us up the pitch very, very quickly, which is a wonderful asset. Well, that leads us nicely into the next question, which is the goal drought of that front mm. three, Joe Linton, mm. Alan Samaxman, and Miguel Almiron. You sit next to Supermac, one yeah. of the greatest goal scorers the club's well, ever had. Yeah, you sit one next of the to number him. nine legends, literally, which, I mean, for him, watching the forwards, because he looks at a football match through goals and really don't support us. And isn't that what the game's all about? The game changes are the people that put the ball in the back of the net. They decide if you've got Verardi, you're not going to be uh, relegated. When we had Supermac, we knew we weren't going down. We might be going to Wembley in, in two cup finals, which we did, but we knew we weren't going down. You can't have a 30 goal a season man and get relegated. Physical impossibility. So you need your centre forwards and you need good goal scorers. And it's tough for him because he sees in that final third when when any of those boys are on the ball, he sees how he would finish and he sees the lack of coolness in them if you like but there's nobody more than Malcolm McDonald wants them to be a success because he wants this club to be a success and I'm exactly the same if I'm at all critical it's just because I'm searching for utopia and what is really missing with all three is even the belief that we're going to get goals from I mean, we almost get bless him, Al- Almirin, who worked his socks off against Bournemouth. I mean, the way he got the ball up the park for Newcastle was phenomenal. But I mean, he is just about typified at the moment that when faced with an open goal, he hits the saint who's lying on the deck. <laughs> I mean, that is typical of Almirin and Newcastle United's look in the final third with their attackers at the moment. But I guess... This is more for St. Maxman and Almiron. Yes, they're not scoring. And yes, they haven't got an assist in terms of, you know, the definition of an assist. Yeah. But you look at Almiron against Manchester United, it was his pass to Alan St. Maxman that set Newcastle away for Mike Longstaff's goal. Mm. Mm. And again, it was um, Almiron to St. Maxman to cross into Yedlin against uh, Bournemouth. So it's, yes, they're not getting that final ball, which will get you the points in the fantasy football. However, they are playing that key pass, which leads to a goal. So is that is that good enough? Is yeah. that a starting point? 
Yes, without a shadow of doubt, without a shadow of doubt. And we want them to be the success they can be. We're more or less urging them on. But these days, you know, in the old days, even long before when I was a man in the 50s watching Newcastle, teams field five forwards, you know. They field two fullbacks, three halfbacks and five forwards. So when you field one forward, i.e. a centre forward, and you've got your wing attackers, you need... You've got so few bodies up there. The bodies that are up there have got to score goals, otherwise you're in trouble. What worries me right now is that we can't expect our four centre-halves that we that we mix and match to continue to score goals. I mean, our top scorer is Kieran Clark. We can't expect that to go on. Now, when that stops, we've got to see the forwards chipping in and they've got to get goals. Um Maximum, if Maximum gets a goal now, then, then he's off and flying because he's got all the confidence in the world. Almirin desperately needs a goal. Joe Linton, in some ways, you know, he worries me the most because he looks the least likely to score. Uh, I mean, for a centre forward, his shots and headers on target per game is very, very small, the ratio. And so, in lots of ways, he is the concern. You mentioned the defence there, and this is where we'll finish. And I kind of have a feeling I know how you're going to answer this question because you're going to think about the entertainers you and Philip Albert, but mm. is this the best line of centre-backs yeah, I know where you're coming that Newcastle from. have had? In depth, I think it is. Um, um, yes, you're going to get the exceptional individual, whether it's Philip Albert from the old days and when Albert was there with Howie, who was in England international, that was some partnership. When Woodgate was fit, he was a partnership. If, you, if you're old enough like me and long enough in the teeth and you can go back and remember Moncur, uh, what a wonderful player he was. But for strength in depth... The, the, the Newcastle centre-backs at the moment are as good as they can be. We are losing the skipper, Lascelles, until next year. That is not a major problem, and for most clubs it would be, because you've had Clark and Dummett and Fernandes come into the side and look terrific, all three of them. You've got Shaw ready to come back, you've got Lejeune ready to come back, were terrific at the back. In depth, I don't think we've had as many good central defenders as we've got now. Well, there you have it. This has been a special episode of Everything is Black and White podcast. Uh, please head to wherever you get your podcast from to listen to more from John. We're going to have a special Gibbos Corner on the forgotten number nines. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the ACAST app or wherever you get podcasts.